Good morning, church. I trust you've had a blessed week. Yeah, we are in the middle of August. Very soon, spring will be here, bringing new life and color to nature. And we pray that uh, it will be a season that will bring new life for us as well as we get past the peak of this coronavirus and we go on with our lives. Amen. At the end of the service today, we will be celebrating communion together. So get your juice and your bread ready so that uh, a little bit later we can take communion together. If you've attended Awaken Life Church for some time regularly, if you've attended some of our communion services, then you will know that the one word which I use at every communion service is the word remember. It is also the title of today's message. Jesus said the following when he met with his disciples in that last supper that he had with them before being crucified. I'm reading from Luke chapter 22, verses 14 to 20. When the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this. In remembrance of me. Why must they do it? To remember him. Remember. Verse 20. Likewise, he also took the cup of the supper saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. The Apostle Paul wrote the following in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 26. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup of the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Listen, memories are precious. They keep us connected to people, to places, to events that have shaped us and influenced our lives. It may be a trophy, a gift, a ritual we perform, or a gathering which keeps us connected, in which we remember. Every nation has holidays in which they remember important historical events that shaped their history and the lives of all who live in it. During lockdown, it is quite easy to forget or miss public holidays because we cannot go out and celebrate anyway, and all days just seem the same. But dates, occasions, and historical events that are important to us, we don't forget. 
So communion is about remembering, remembering Jesus, who he is, and what he did. For us as Christians, it is an important event. We remember a historical event that changed the course of our lives and the lives of many others. Jesus was celebrating Passover with his disciples. All Jews observed the Passover. Since Jesus and the apostles were Jewish, they would observe the Passover too. The Passover is an ancient ceremony where Jews remember their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt. God was about to set them free. He brought several plagues upon Egypt to convince them that he was God and that he was with the Israelites. In the last plague, every firstborn male in Egypt would die. It wasn't just Egyptians. If you were a firstborn male, (laughs) the angel of death was coming for you. But God told the Israelites how to avoid this plague themselves. They were to kill a lamb, one without defect, as perfect as possible. Then they were to spread the blood of the lamb on the sides and on top of their door, door posts and on top of the door. When the death angel came to carry out the plague, the angel would see the blood and wherever the blood was found, the death angel would pass over that home. That's why it's called Passover. Listen, can you see a picture of what Jesus did for us here? We were all, we all were slaves to sin. We all were separated from God. God will judge sin. Death is eternal separation from God. We all have sinned and are separated from God. And that angel of death is coming for us, man. But if the blood of Jesus is upon our lives, death will not touch us. Hallelujah. We will not be separated from God, but we'll be with him eternally. Having the blood of Jesus upon us means putting our faith in the work that Jesus has done. He gave his body. He shed his blood so that we could be forgiven of all sin and brought into a relationship with God forever. Amen? So, let's go back to the Last Supper. As they eat this Passover meal, Jesus brings a new meaning, a new significance to this ancient meal. He uses this meal to create an important memory for the disciples, and through the disciples then to us today. He takes some bread. He breaks it. And he passes it around to the apostles. And he takes a cup of wine and passes it around. All of the apostles were to take a drink from it. Then Jesus adds this little phrase between the two. Do this in remembrance of me. So this meal was no longer to remember Egypt. It was now to remember Jesus. <laughs> It was no longer to remember that they were set free from slavery in Egypt, but to remember that they were set free from the power of sin and death by Jesus. Remember me. That lost supper 
became the first supper of its new kind. It became known as the Lord's Supper or the Lord's Table. The churches of Jesus have been doing this since Jesus ascended. Not only once a year as the Passover was, but regularly when they gather. Its practice has been controversial and has been argued about for 2,000 years. Some churches only allow their own members to participate. Others invite everybody present to participate. Some argue whether you should use one cup or many cups, use wine or grape juice, use normal bread or unleavened bread, and so on. But the churches of Jesus, whatever their denomination, they continue to observe the Lord's Supper one way or the other. Jesus wanted his apostles and later all of his followers to remember him. Jesus is the one who started the Lord's Supper. He didn't start it as some ritual, even though we need rituals in our lives. He didn't start it to be some type of initiation process that, you know, now that you took communion, now you are an active part of the church. Now you've come of age. No, Jesus started the Lord's Supper simply so that his people would remember him. Just like Passover was to remember the events of Egypt, so the Lord's Supper is to remember the events of Jerusalem, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Just like there is a prophetic element in the Passover meal, there is a prophetic element in the Lord's Supper. In the Passover meal, a cup is reserved for Elijah. There is an expectation that Elijah will return, that Messiah will come and liberate Israel once again. In the Passover meal, the Jewish people say, next year in Jerusalem, in the hope that in the next Passover, they will be in Jerusalem in the presence of Messiah. Well, in the Lord's Supper, we are told to do this until Jesus returns. There is an expectation that Jesus will return to fully establish his kingdom and to reign on the earth. There is an expectation that perhaps next time we gather for the Lord's Supper, it will be with him. There is an expectation that maybe next time we get together, he will be there physically present with us. And one day it will happen. One day, we will have our last communion service without Jesus physically present. <laughs> Believers and their families should partake at the Lord's table. Passover was and still is celebrated by the whole family, young and old. And that is why in our church, in our family of churches, we invite the whole family to be part of the Lord's table, the parents and the children. As your children grow, when you take part in communion with them, tell them what you're doing and why you are doing it. Tell them and remind them of Jesus and what he did for us. They will grow up understanding the meaning of communion. And it could help them to early in their lives make a decision to be followers of Jesus on their own, not just because of their parents. In some churches, you can only take part in communion if you belong to that denomination. In some other churches, 
Only baptized adult members can take part in the Lord's table. We believe that the Lord's table is open to all believers. You see, the invitation comes from the Lord, not from a man or a religious leader. Our job as church leaders is simply to facilitate the communion time. That is why it is simple and easy for us to have communion online during this lockdown. Even though we are apart, we can be together in spirit, partaking in communion. Because what unites us is Jesus remembering what he did for us. We use grape juice and matzos in church when we gather for communion. That is because we have children in the house. We have people visiting. And we don't want to be a stumbling block by serving wine. In, our, in your home, you can use grape juice, wine, water, anything you have. You can use normal bread, crackers, matzos, again, whatever you've got. That is because the bread and the wine are symbols. Jesus used wine and unleavened bread because that is what was and is still used in the Passover meal. When Jesus said, this is my body and this is my blood, he was using a figure of speech. He was holding bread and wine in his hands, not his body, nor his blood in the cup. It was symbolic to remind everyone of what he gave up for us, the price he paid for our sin. We are not to celebrate the symbols. We are to celebrate the substance behind the symbols. We celebrate the event. We celebrate the substance. Amen? I wear a wedding band, a wedding ring on my finger. This ring is a symbol. It represents a covenant between my wife and I. She also wears a ring on her finger. And that indicates there is a covenant between she and a man. We celebrate our life together. We don't celebrate our rings. We celebrate the substance, our life together, our love, our commitment. We celebrate the substance which these rings remind us of, which these rings symbolize. Amen? And so it is with communion. The bread and the wine proclaim that there is someone who is committed to me who gave his life for me so I could have eternal life. It proclaims I am committed to him too. It does not mean I am perfect because I am not, but it does mean I am accepted by him. Some believers think you must be worthy and you must be right to partake in the Lord's table. If they have a quarrel, then they think they are not worthy. If they have a persisting bad habit or a sin in their lives, they feel they're not worthy of the Lord's table. And they quote the Bible, what it says in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 27 to 30, it says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. 
For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Listen, no one is worthy of the Lord's table. He invited us, fully knowing that even though we follow him, though we love him, we still have bad thoughts sometimes. We still make wrong decisions sometimes. We don't want to, but sometimes we still sin. We are still imperfect. Amen? And and that's why Jesus came. That's why we need a Savior. And Jesus invites us, baggage and all, to come and sit down at his table. Why? So that he can deal with us. You see, the problem with the church in Corinth, and the reason why Paul said those words, is that they were taking the Lord's table lightly. They were not taking their gathering and the communion. They were not taking it seriously. In the first century, communion was often part of a meal, an actual meal. Remember that Passover was a full meal. And for many years, the Lord's table was a full meal. The church would gather, people would bring food, and they would share. They would eat together, have fellowship, they would be teaching of the word, and they would remember the Lord with bread and wine. But in Corinth, there was chaos. They had a problem in that church. People would bring food. And the rich people, the, the wealthy people, would arrive there first and they would eat a lot and they would drink a lot. The poorer people would come later. And by the time they come, the food is gone, the drink is gone, and they would go without. There was no respect for the Lord's table. There was no respect for one another. And due to this, God's judgment came upon that congregation. And many were weak. Many were sick, and some of them even died. And that is the context in which the word says we must do it in a worthy manner. It's not talking about us being worthy because we are not. But we can approach the table in a worthy manner. Amen? With gratefulness, with gratitude, with humility with an open heart and an open mind, so the Lord can speak with us, change us, deal with us, bring us closer to Him. That is the purpose of remembering the Lord. The Bible says, judge yourself. Don't let the Lord judge you. You take stock of your life and you bring it before the Lord. Is there sickness in your body? Bring it before the Lord. Is there known sin in your life? Bring it before the Lord. Is there something that you lack at the table? Talk to Jesus about it. Judging yourself also means opening your life for the Lord to examine and transform you. Do like the psalmist in Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24 and make the following prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me 
and lead me in the way everlasting. What a beautiful prayer and an appropriate prayer for a time with the Lord. Listen, it is important to take time to the Lord look into your life and talk to you about your ways. Why? So that he can lead you in the way of life, eternal life. Notice what it says in verse 28 of uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. You don't examine yourself to find a reason to duck the Lord's table and not be part of it. No, you examine yourself and you come to the table. God is drawing us into fellowship with himself through communion. As you can see, there is a lot that happens during communion. And as you hear this message, maybe you are thinking, wow, does all this happen in that short space of time? We eat the bread and drink the cup. Remember, well, there's that word again, okay? Remember that in the early days of the church, the Lord's table wasn't just those few seconds. It was a whole meal. It was a whole process, amen? There was time before, during, and after the meal to ponder on all these things, to have those moments of reflection, of prayer, and time with the Lord. Today in our churches and online, we do things differently. A relative short time is allocated to the actual act of partaking in the elements. And that is why we must have an understanding of what the Lord's table is. That's why I'm bringing this teaching today. I'm talking to you about it today. It's reminding you once again. And we have to realize that it is not just those few seconds with the elements that constitute communion. Listen, there is nothing magical about the bread or the wine. But when you take those moments to remember, remember what Jesus did. Remember what he's doing in your life. Right now. Amen. Remember where you are going for eternity because of Jesus. Suddenly, this little ritual of bread and juice becomes a trigger, a platform for something much bigger and much deeper in your life. It starts something that can dwell for minutes or even hours after the service. If you are wise... You won't stop remembering once the service is over. You will take some more time during the day to continue the process of self-examination, of requesting the Lord to search your heart and speak to you. You may even journal somewhere what the Lord is telling you so that you can act upon what he says. Amen. So today we Remember, not in a passive way, but in a very real way. And if all you can remember when you come around the Lord's table is your failures and your weaknesses, you are not remembering Jesus. Lift your eyes. Lift your thoughts. See in your mind the cross, the tomb, and then the empty tomb. Feel the power of the resurrection and know that that power is in you. Remember Romans 8 verse 11, which says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, 
He who raised Christ from the dead will also give to your mortal bodies life through his spirit who dwells in you. Amen. So let us take part in communion now and remember that his spirit gives life to our mortal bodies now so that in this broken world, we can live a life of meaning a life of purpose and victory in Jesus' name. Amen? Well, I hope you have your bread and your juice ready. I've got mine right here. So take your bread. You're going to pray for the bread right now, and then you're going to eat it. Then I'll pray for the cup. We'll drink the cup. Gather your family together. Get the kids around as well. And uh, let's enjoy these moments as we remember everything. Jesus did, has done, is doing, and will still do in our lives. Dear Lord Jesus, we remember. (laughs) We remember you. We remember the cross, the tomb, (laughs) and then the empty tomb. Hallelujah. Because you are alive, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this bread reminding us of your broken body. And I pray, Father, that as we partake of this bread, I pray for healing to our bodies, Lord. I pray that every sickness, every disease will be cast out in Jesus' name. I pray for strength, for vitality, Lord. We remember, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Well, take and eat and be blessed as you do. Take your cup. The cup of blessing is what the Bible calls it. Lord, we thank you. We remember, Lord Jesus, the blood which was poured out for all of our sins, past, present, future. Because of your blood, Lord Jesus, we have access to Father God. We have eternal life. I pray, Lord, that as we Drink of this cup of blessing. Lord, let our hearts be grateful, Lord, for the real fact that we have eternal life with you. And Lord, if there is still any sin, any hindrance, anything, Lord, stopping the full flow of your life in us today, Lord, minister to me, minister to my brothers, my sisters. Let this cup of blessing be a blessing, Lord, to individuals, and families this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take and let's drink. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow, I don't know about you, but that was a special time for me. So great gathering with you. Amen. And don't let it stop here. As we close the service, Take some time during the day. Maybe you can talk about it as families or as couples or maybe just as an individual. When you get quiet somewhere and remember and have a good time with the Lord. Amen. So, Lord, we remember. We remember all you did and all that you are doing in our lives. We continue to pray, Lord God, for healings. For restorations, those who are struggling with this COVID-19 and other diseases, Father, we speak forth healing, my God. We continue to trust in you, Father, for cures, for treatments, for this thing. 
We pray that this thing will be over. My God, that this COVID-19, a solution will be found. And that some normality will be restored to this world, my God. Hallelujah. And so I pray that the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead may dwell in you. May he who raised Christ from the dead give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. And may you have a blessed week knowing his presence and his power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great day, a great week, and see you next Sunday.